Hey, I'm Tommy Chong. Welcome to High on Homegrown. Yes, yes, everybody, and welcome to this week's interview with High on Homegrown, the cannabis podcast from PersusGrowRoom.com. This week, we interview an Irish cannabis activist known as Martin Condon. You would have heard of him before. He's been on the show many times. He's a good friend of the show. He's an honorary panel member. He does many civil disobedience protests across Ireland. He has been doing it for quite a while now. And he has an upcoming court case because he handed himself into the police with one cannabis cigarette CBD. And now his court case is coming up. So we're going to find out some information about where the court case is, what he's in for, what he plans to do, and just have a general conversation with him. Uh, there's already many of you guys who know who Martin is, but if you don't know who he is and you haven't heard of him before, then you can find him on YouTube. Just search for Martin's World. He also has a podcast which you can find by the same name. Just search on whichever podcasting platform you use to download this and you should find him there as well. Just search for Martin's World. Real cool guy doing so much for the cannabis community in Ireland. So check out his stuff if you haven't already. And uh, if you can go and support him on the 9th of February when his court cases, then please head down to the courthouse and stand outside shouting, we are not criminals. There should be plenty of people there to offer support. And it would be great if you could be there too. But if not, you can watch him on live stream and there's many of other ways to support him. So please check out his stuff at Martin's World. But for now, here is the interview. We'll catch you in a bit. Oh, <laughs> uh, you, Dave. How are you, Martin? How's it going, buddy? Yeah, shit, Martin's here. Yeah. <laughs> no, so, no, Martin, no. we we have you here because you have a specific court case coming up very soon, right? Yes, I do indeed. You scared yet? You nervous? Um, not really. No, I'm just dreading the bloody journey down to Waterford. It's hour and a bit of a drive, so it's just yeah. like, oh, I'd say, understand that. Lame. <laughs> then I got no oh, courthouse it. closer to you or something. Uh, that that's where I committed a crime, so they're going to bring me down to uh, their I so anybody you to go to Waterford, man. Fucking hell, that's a pain. Yeah, well, Dungarvan, County Waterford. Yeah, yeah. Well, even fucking Dungarvan. Damn. Good spin. Yeah, nice old track. So, just yeah. for anybody who who is listening who doesn't know, what crime did you commit? Oh, the most heinous of um. Like honestly, I'm I'm surprised they didn't lock me up a long time ago. <laughs> <laughs> My gosh. I had a, a, a one cannabis joint and, and it wasn't even a high THC variety of cannabis. It was one of the uh, a locally sourced uh, CBD cannabis pre-roll uh, from CBD uh, the CBD cafe that we were out supporting that day with the protest um relief down in Dungarvan. And they're they're very near to the end of their case, actually, you know, um, which is another story we could kind of go off on. But on that day, anyway, there was over 100 of us marched up through the town of Dungarvan uh, in support of that store. And then we ended up at the Garda station at the other end of Dungarvan. And again, as I said, there was about maybe 50, 60 of us at this stage that hung around in the Garda station. We, we started chanting, um, Garda Larkin, stop your barking. Um, and a few <laughs> other chants like that. Because yeah, one of the guards who had uh, hassled the store owner was a guard by the name of Garda Larkin. And apparently she kind of was... Um, a bit of a turn in the side, like John you know, just constantly going down and raiding him, knowing all she's going to be uncovering was the 
um, the CBD products. But again, you know, it, it probably wasn't even Gerd Larkin. There was probably somebody else, you know, giving the orders. Mm-hmm. Um, but but again, that I think that's where the chant uh, came from. You know, she she's just somebody's lapdog, and she's out there doing the barking for for her her person in command. You know, her master, if you will. Mm-hmm. Um, so I think that's where, where the chant was born out of. You know, she she was just somebody else's lapdog. So it was like Gerd Larkin, stop your barking. Um, but anyway, there, there was um, a number of us, we engaged in uh, the consumption of cannabis in the parking lot of the Garda station that day. And, <laughs> and it was quite uh, stinky. Cannabis was being consumed as well. But it was quite pungent, uh, nice waft in the air, uh, quite so, uh, so much so that the, the guards actually had to close the window of the Garda station. <laughs> <laughs> I love it. Yeah, and they didn't come out and hassle us. Uh, they did not once did they come outside of the Garda station to come out into their own parking lot. Um, so there was some of the guards' own private personal cars out there, possibly. Um, but they weren't worried about it at all. It seems that they they trust us cannabis consumers to be out near these precious things. Um, because they didn't come out and interfere with us, ask us what were we doing or, or anything like that at all. Um, so it was it was very interesting to see that uh, unfold. Um, right outside the guard station in their parking lot consuming cannabis and they wouldn't come out and enforce the law so uh, at the end of that uh, I decided I was like look I have one of these CBD joints still from relief I was like I'm going inside the guard station. I was like, I'm and everyone's like, no, no, don't do it, Martin. You're like, no, I'm going in. I'm going in. I'm going to do it. Yeah, yeah. I like because otherwise, you know, it was a great gathering and it was very meaningful. There was a lot of great networking and everything went down that day. But the, like, the, there needs to be like we, we just need to be making these powerful acts, um, statements through, through our activism. And uh, for for me, going into the guard station with the giant saying, hey, look, this, this is against the law, but I'm I'm protesting that law by doing this. I'm here. It's, it's a peaceful protest, but it's a protest of civil disobedience. And it's like, what, what's the point of doing a civil disobedience protest if you're not going to go to court for it? Um, mm-hmm. And that, that's how I see it. I want to go to court for my civil disobedience protest because the law I am breaking, I, I'm breaking it because I, I believe, and, and that's the thing, I'm standing up for my beliefs, mm-hmm. um, and I believe that this is violating my, my human rights as I'm interpreting them. Yeah, it definitely is an invasion of your human rights, man, for sure. Yeah, and oh, a number of them, you know, your, your privacy, your security, uh, liberty, it is just, just a number of them. Uh, I, I won't even go into that um, because uh, that, that's another thing, uh, kind of uh, thing. But but like the bottom line is these laws are violating our human rights and I, I'm making a stand. And it was, it was quite interesting to, to see down in Don Garvin, um, the guards were aware of me down there. Um, sweet. I, yeah. <laughs> I don't know if that's sweet. Like, I, it is in one sense, but it's, it's kind of, I was like, ah, shit. Like, you know, I was like, oh. Um, it, it, yeah, it was, it was a kind of a shock, uh, but I suppose, uh, because I, I wasn't expecting it. You know, I'm, I'm, I'm kind of, I, I suppose, a bit in denial about maybe the, the, the reach and the, the publicity I have gained over the last year. Mm-hmm. Um, but because Mate, they probably I, had fucking meetings about you and shit. I'd say they have your picture down in Temple Moor, Martin, and they're saying, <laughs> see this chap, if you see him, steer clear. <laughs> this isn't the first time you've, uh, because you've gone into the police station, that's the Garda station, uh, to, ha- to hand yourself in for possession of one CBD cannabis cigarette. What did they do then? Um, they, they just take it on. I suppose it's it's quite interesting the the the, the most uh, interesting thing about it is like you're <clears throat> the, the the power shift that you're witness um because you're going into them and, and normally it's them coming to you you know you're, you're in a parking lot with your buddies and, and you're having a smoke next to cops pull up alongside you and it's just like you know they blindside you that the power is in their 
their court you know they, they've mm-hmm. got all of the power there um so so you're very um intimidated by the whole situation but when you go into their their place like you know into the garda station and you're telling them now what to do you're you're telling them that you're in here you're breaking you're telling them what laws you're breaking um it, it just really takes the rug from under their feet and it's it's interesting to see the look in their face and and the reactions uh, that i got um from that but but nothing nothing would happen they would take the cannabis off me they would take my um voluntary statement which i would give and i would make sure i would state in there i've kind of learned as i've done this um what what to say in the voluntary statement in order to make sure that it's uh, repeated back in court um so when the guards take a voluntary statement off you in their little black book they, they will write down everything you say word for word so i make sure now that, that every time i say uh anything to them in the voluntary statements that I'm getting across on a number of uh, of my points that it's a protest I'm doing for, for my human rights and my beliefs that I'm standing up for and uh, that, that I'm harming nobody else. You know, just getting those points across because the guard has to read that back out in court. So it'll be interesting now to see what happens down in Dungarvan because uh, uh, all of the ones I done in Cork, I, I've not been brought to court yet for them, and they, they were going back as far as January of last year. The thirty first of January of last year was when I done my first one of the twelve months. I don't know if you were aware, but last year I managed to achieve my um, New Year's goal that I set for myself, which was to have a civil disobedience, at least one civil disobedience protest every month of twenty twenty one, and I and I did it. I, I protested every month of last year. Um, <clears throat> So it was uh, it was good to achieve that. But the Dungarvan one happened in August and I received my summons um, in, no, it was, I think it was around November, but I was looking at the piece of paper earlier. They actually issued it in October. So it took them less than two months to, to actually get my file processed through the DPP and back to, to be issued and sent down to my gaffa in Cork. Um, for, for, you know? um, and meanwhile, one from January of last year here in Cork City, it's still pending uh, 12 months ago. I've still not received a summons for it. Damn. It's because of all the COVID shit, I suppose. Well, uh, I wonder, or is it somebody up in Nungarvan that says, hey, let's get that fella down into our, our thing and we, we'll teach him a thing or two now about the law. I wonder, like. <clears throat> but this is what concerns me. I mean, if this was your first offence, then you probably get a slap on the wrist and being told to behave yourself in the future, then Mr. Condon. But now it's no, because you've been in trouble with the police before, right? Oh, yeah. yeah. And you, you've Only done five cannabis. days or so in prison, right? Yeah, five days for not paying fines and not showing up for court. Right. So do you think that this is going to have a different effect when you go down to court next time? Um. I, I Yeah, I, I have my, my history, my file is there, but, I'm, <clears throat> but again, it's, it's all cannabis related. The, the fines I didn't pay, cannabis related. The, mm. the court cases I didn't show up for, cannabis related. And it was out of frustration that I stopped paying them. It's out of frustration that I stopped showing up in the courts. Um, they, they, they should be honoured and I'm going to take the time out of my fucking life to, to show up in their um, uh, kangaroo court down there. Is, I don't know, is that the, the correct term? Is it? I don't know, but it's, it's a joke anyway. It's a fucking circus is what it feels like. Kangaroo court there. would have a right, mm-hmm. right sound to it. Yeah. Because like I, I've I've no grounds for argument. I've argued it in, the, in front of a judge before, and he tells me this is not the place to be arguing this. Do you know that the fact that it's it's to no one's benefit to be criminalizing me and prosecuting me right now that I feel like I'm the one being victimized. I'm the one being violated, and the the, the judge would not listen to that at all in any rational way. And 
it's just that that's the point then at which I decided uh, that I wasn't going to engage with the system anymore. I refused to pay fines. I refused to show up in court. And uh, it was a three year stint where they were looking for me, you know, where they were knocking at my door. I was answering it and they were like, is Martin Condon there? No. Okay, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> and they would fuck off and I would stay there. Um, but it was <clears throat> three years later, they caught up with me and I'd done that five days then afterwards for, for it. <clears throat> I, I've matured a little bit since. I, I, I would like to think I've matured a bit since. Maybe people out there would uh, probably beg to differ. What do you um, mean by matured? I mean, I'm just sure that's that's probably the right it, thing to do is just keep fucking them around like that as, as much as possible, mate. Yeah, I, I suppose in that uh, I'm, I'm going to show up to the cases and I'm going to try to be a bit more um, productive with, with my my time that, that I have uh, with them. Because I suppose all of this comes off of the back of uh, accidentally getting caught with cannabis back in April of 2019. Um, mm-hmm. and Because this that, is where it all starts for you, isn't it? This is where you started everything. Really. Yeah, but I, I was just quietly doing my activism behind the scenes and stuff like that, supporting different groups, patients for safe access and uh, the different kind of campaigns we were doing there. But we were just quietly doing that. We weren't making too much noise or, or anything like that. I wasn't doing any real civil disobedience protests or anything. Um, but when they, they caught me with that one, again, that that just really annoyed me. Uh, and it wasn't very long after that. Again, they, it was two months later, I think that was, uh, or, or sorry, no, it was two weeks later, April 2019, I got, I got caught with some, a joint uh, 10 euros worth of cannabis. They valued it at um, two weeks later. It was, uh, I think it was Easter Sunday. We were heading down to a dog show and they removed me and my entire family out of the car and searched yeah. us at the side of the road, like searched oh, the, the car. And Easter, it was a busy Sunday morning. There was a lot of traffic on the road. It was a, it was a main artery into the city um, for, from the, the rest of the country. Um, so there was a lot of traffic. Uh, by, coming making past. a holy show, are you? Yeah. Oh, yeah, amongst your, that's yeah. it. Amongst your, amongst your fucking your peers, your neighbours. Yeah, you know? I, I don't know who's going to be passing. That guy no. no idea who. Uh, maybe they did know who I was. I suppose they did because they were able to say that I got caught with cannabis beforehand. But they didn't know if, if I was doing anything where, like, if somebody was to see me getting treated like that, that it could jeopardize, like, let's say I, I was volunteering with, I don't know, a charity organization or something. Who, who knows what I might have been doing that could have been jeopardized by being treated like that by the guards, you know, because they're going to see that and they're going to perceive now that you're some, like, dodgy character. Um, there's, you know, that, that's all they're going to see is you getting treated like that by the guards at the side of the road. It, it doesn't matter, like, what, what it is that they're doing it for. It's... The guards are treating you like that. I are, you know, he's a dodgy character. And, and I was teaching like uh, kids uh, in GA. I was teaching kids in uh, the Thai boxing and stuff. And, and it really affected my, my self-esteem. And uh, it caused me to kind of, I, I dropped out of the GA up there. I just felt like uh, there was, I don't know. I just felt like everybody's stare got heavier after those uh, kind of uh, incidents occurred. You know, everybody who was looking at me, I just felt like that they were really looking at me. Uh, it just... I, I could feel them looking at me after that happened and they probably weren't looking at me any differently. It was probably all in my own head, but that was enough. That was enough for me to, to not want. I, I wasn't enjoying it up there. I didn't feel comfortable up there. And that came at the expense of the kids then as well. Those kids mm-hmm. were benefiting from me being up there. I really loved teaching the, the, the nursery group. Um, the GA the, because my, my daughter was there first that's how I got into it and then she she graduated up into the older groups and I stayed teaching the nursery group which was great I really enjoyed it and um, after that kind of incident occurred when I got caught with the joint when I got treated like that at the side of the road um, it wasn't long after that that I just stopped uh, showing, uh, going up there then I, I just dropped out of being a coach and uh, 
yeah, I didn't fare out well, for, I suppose, since then, I suppose. And that that's kind of when I took the gloves off and I was like, right, we're, we're going to fucking take a good stab at this. We're, we're just civil disobedient stuff. And uh, you know what I mean? You want to treat me like a criminal, I'll be a fucking criminal. Yeah, yeah, exactly. It, it, when I went up down to court uh, for that joint that I got caught with in 2019, that, that was last year during the pandemic. And um, <clears throat> again, you know, talking about mental health and shit like that, I, I had a bit of a fucking breakdown inside of there, man. I, I could have got arrested for... Um, you know, maybe a breach of the peace for for uh, shouting obscenities. Um, I, I really went off inside in the courthouse. Uh, they brought me into a packed uh, corridor. Mm-hmm. Yeah, um, I remember you saying. Hi- yeah, at the height of the pandemic, but uh, the, there was restrictions there where, say, if, if your loved one man was dying or if, if your loved one was having a child, you couldn't visit him in hospital. Um, if there was somebody getting buried or having a funeral, weddings, all heavily restricted. You know, down to five or six people like that. That was the height of the restrictions. They brought me into this packed, unventilated hallway full of uh, solicitors, full of guards, full of uh, people who committed some other more serious crimes. Um, others there who probably committed the same crime as me, but the place was jam packed. And um, I, I don't know, you know, I, with, with everything going on with COVID and, and all of that stuff, I was just freaking out inside of there. I'd done a little live video and you kind of hear me freaking out a little bit in the videos being like, John, there's no social distancing. Do you know what are you going to do something about it? Or well, shouting at the guards saying to say like, hey, get, Martin, get, you get had a, this place. you had a pregnant <clears throat> wife at home as well. Oh, oh yeah, that, that was, yeah. Think of as well, you know, so like, what, what did they expect? Yeah, no, that, that all mm-hmm. comes into the equation. Yeah, that all comes in, you know, having the kids at home. Um, it, It's just, you know, it, it just really kills you. You're getting dragged in there against your will. What, what, what's my what's my alternative if I don't show up? Mm-hmm. It's going to come looking for me. So I don't really have an option in this. We see what's happening on the government level. They, they, they won't engage in this conversation in any meaningful way. They talk about the harms of the drug, but what's the, the harms of the policy around the drug? Of the mm-hmm. prohibition of it, like the what, what, what about my mental being dragged into court, being treated like a criminal because point, I man. use cannabis and it benefits me? Excellent point. It's fucking fast, isn't it? Yeah, I, I just hate that that's always uh, absent from any of these prohibitionists. You know, they're, they're so concerned about people's health and well being, um, but they, they never stop to think about the effects of the, the prohibition that that's going to have on people's health and well being. But like, again, you know, you look, I think it's very uh, more. Uh, observable in, in American society where you see like uh, communities that y- you've generations uh, upon generations of kids growing up without fathers uh, and all because of a war on drugs and it's, it's by and large it's, it's mostly fathers who get removed out of the family unit and the devastation that caused upon uh, the psychology of the kids you know having to go visit their dad in the prison you know seeing all of that other shit that's going on in there and all just gangster lifestyle as well that kind of comes into this kind of not, drug uses as well. It's it's just like there's, there's no need for this at all. But also normalizes it, Martin, doesn't it? Yeah. And normalize it and normalizes the the fact that like cannabis is just purely associated with the criminal world. And if you you do want it, it's yeah. Yeah, I did. yeah that's... For, for a long time, if you use cannabis, you, you were either a hippie or, or you were some sort of a, a, mm. a druggy criminal, uh, you know, per, uh, per, uh, yeah, a tacky person. A degenerate, yeah. yeah. Degenerate, that's the word. Undesirable, yes. <laughs> I was trying to, I, I getting caught in the word. <laughs> uh, but yeah, you know, you know, it's fucking, it's just a joke. So what date the is your court, you, your next court date then, Martin? The 9th of February. 9th February, so it's not very far away now, a couple of weeks. Um, Wednesday, two weeks now, I think, yeah. Mm-hmm. So this this day, two weeks. And where did you say it was? Uh, in Dungarvan, isn't it? In Garvin or something, right? Dun, yeah, Dungarvan in Dungarvan. County, 
County Waterford. Um, so it's like a town in one of the counties. Yeah, the Waterford Whisperer News and shit. Yeah, yeah, that, that's, that's the county. Yeah, Waterford yeah. Whispers. Yeah. <laughs> Yeah, um, I would wonder would they maybe do an article on it? <laughs> so It'd be interesting. <laughs> yeah, they put a very good spin on it. Yeah, well, so, there's some prime fucking material out there for them to be covering this drug policy stuff. I'm, I'm, I'm surprised they don't uh, cover it more often, but may, maybe those guys behind that are maybe a bit more uh, straight, straight edge. <laughs> I mean, you've been in a lot of the newspapers and things because of, you know, the Bring Alicia Home campaign that you did where you were planting plants outside police stations and shit like that. And, you know, there's loads of shit that you've done. But have you tried contacting them guys to say, I have this court case this date and see if they would cover it? Uh, yes, yeah. Um, I, I've been in touch with one or two, uh, one local one here in Cork. Uh, just the other day, I was in contact uh, with the Evening Echo. Um, mm-hmm. So hopefully they'll get a piece out. Uh, but maybe as we get a bit closer to the date, uh, I, I might do something about it. But I have to keep in mind as well that this will just be, um, uh, I don't know what it's called. Is it a hearing or something like that? It's just up for hearing. Um, so they're just going to bring it in and just be like, oh, yeah, we accepted jurisdiction. Come back uh, on the next day. Um, uh, for for the hearing, I think actually, yeah. So, uh, um, I, I, yeah. So it's just, it's just as a technical thing anyway. And the ninth, the case is not actually even going to go ahead. Which again is another. Damn, what a piss yeah, take. Yeah, exactly, exactly. Oh. It's just a pure technical thing. But it's 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 more time. That that's more resources. Like of our justice system being tied up in this. Like it's it's such a waste. So it's not only a waste of my time to have to go down there, but there's like some poor sod inside of there. And that's their job to process the papers, to put up before the judge and to be like, oh, these are the cases now. And ah, it's and none of those papers are made of hemp. Either. And the judge is going to sit there and see this gentleman handed himself into the garter for a possession of one cannabis cigarette. Mm-hmm. <laughs> that's not even fucking THC to be fair it's Damn. CBD so they can't even prosecute you because it's well, not can, can they Martin because it's not illegal to, to purchase CBD flour it's not illegal to consume CBD flour because CBD is not illegal yeah well uh, European Europeanly if and if it's under the, the thing and at the end of the day we do have to go by European law as well yeah, there hasn't been anything changed uh, as of yet in Ireland, and it seems like the law is still hellbent on protecting their prohibition um, around this kind of uh, emerging. I suppose you, you definitely would call the CBD market a kind of a Trojan horse for the cannabis market mm. at large, because once you've access to these CBD joints and flowers and, and other products there from the, the CBD, sort, uh, high CBD kind of strains, um, that's going to be hard for the cops to differentiate against Very much high so. THC. Mm, yeah, yes. so this is the, where the problem is with that. So the, the Irish government are doing everything they can to... These cases where people are getting raided for these CBD stores, none of them have actually really finished yet. One of them got dismissed as in they're kind of like, look, hey, we let you off. After keeping them through the process, I think for about three or four years, maybe even more. Is that um, Little Collins, is it? No, this was Bloom's, uh, one, one of the first dispensaries that opened up in, um, I think he was in Wexford or Waterford, uh, Bloom's. So did um, they get their, their stock replaced when no, shit like this happens? No, the, the, the case just got dismissed and that's it. It's just like, oh yeah, they're, they're supposed to be thankful now towards and the And costs and everything. Yeah, fucking just, bullshit, man. All oh, these guys cost? take them to, yeah, that's that's ridiculous, man. Because I would have been in the tens of tails. All those costs yeah. of the advocates and everything that they had to go through. Yeah. My gosh, but you're crazy. It, it, 
if they want to get their costs, they'd have to fight the, the legality of what happened. So they, they never went ahead with that because there's a lot of costs involved. Costs in even well. more. Yeah. Exactly. You know, you hear little Collins talking about it, even Mark kind of talks about it there, that the cost of uh, barristers uh, to, to run these cases um, and go into the thousands there, John, uh, that these guys don't charge uh, by the hour, um, shy, yeah. shyly at all. Um, so. Wait. You look, you look at Martin, even for you just to go in to do that, to just do a hearing of when your case is going to be heard, that alone is costing the state tens of thousands when they take in the, the salaries, even when they take into the cost of the fucking electricity and the heat for the fucking time of why you're going to be standing there. You know, all of it is just a fucking, is a farce. Oh, it is, it's a crying shame that it's allowed to go on at a time when... We, we, I heard stories there this morning on the local radio of people out there and they can't get place for their kids and special needs uh, mm. things, you know, kids with um, a, a severe cases of autism, um, you know, where, where they're nonverbal um, and, mm. and stuff like that. And mm. they, they, they can't get the adequate services that's needed for them. But meanwhile, you know, the justice sector, they, they've got a ballooning budget where the majority of it is used to fight this failed war on drugs. And I, I keep on referring to it, and I think others should refer to it too, this, this prohibition of drugs, this prohibition of cannabis is a big cancer, cancerous fucking pus-filled lump that's uh, leeching off of our society at the moment. And mm-hmm. we need to excise it if we want a fucking a healthy and efficiently run society mm-hmm. where our kids are safe to go out there and walk the streets because the cops, the, the people are out there that are keeping our sa- streets safe are targeting the right people and they're not diverted away, you know, de- dealing with the, the person who got abused as a kid and they got a heroin addiction or the person who wants to go on a fucking a night out and, you know, they're going down to buy a bit of cocaine from, from somewhere. You know, the, the cops shouldn't be wasting their time on, on these sort of behaviours at all. The cops should always and only ever be focused on people who intend to do harm to another individual, mm-hmm. uh, such as stealing from them, such as you know invading their their, their fucking their, their, uh, their the sovereignty of their body. Yeah, and invading their human shit. rights, man. Just like the fucking police are doing to us cannabis users every fucking day, man. Yeah, yeah. We have a question here from Leo: Is the hearing to see if the course is in is in the public interest? Um, no, the, the hearing is uh, for the acceptance of the jurisdiction. Um, so the, the judge is going to accept the jurisdiction um, that basically the case is within, uh, it's within his powers to deal with it. So basically, if, if I got caught with, say, a thousand euro worth of cannabis and that judge was like, ah, we can get this fella for dealing and we might be able to get him more than, I think it's more than three years. I think in the district court, you can only be given three years. So if the judge really wants to get you good um, he could send you to the circuit court where you can get up to five years. Um, and then if they really want to get you, you have to go to the um, the, the, the central court. Is, is that the one or the high court or something like that where they get you the 10 year cases? Or maybe they can give 10 years actually in the, the circuit court. Um, yeah. But yeah, anyway, that, that that's the kind of the story around the court case. Uh, it's just basically to accept jurisdiction. Um, and the judge so will. So why do you need to be there? Because um, I don't have a solicitor. <clears throat> Are you representing yourself? Yeah. Right. So I can show up and just be like, yeah, Martin's here. All it's right, probably yeah. best really, isn't it? Because if you had a solicitor, they'll be like, oh, you just need to uh, plead guilty and do, you know, just fold. I don't fold think they'll even, um, I don't think they'll even, even speak to you, Martin. Oh, prob- probably not. Like. Uh, I don't know, because you know what they're like. Um, I, I think they have a, a rule where, in the court, everything has to be spoken through the solicitor. It's a fucking farce. It costs you a fortune to get a solicitor to, mm-hmm. to go to court these days. Look. 
Yeah, well, they not pay it. You, you, you're entitled well, you to can, one, right? You, you can. You can get um, the oh, what's it called? Legal aid. Legal aid. That's it. Yeah, yeah you can get legal aid. Yeah, no, I was already offered the services of the uh, solicitors of uh, relief, the the store that we were down in support of that. Uh, um, he messaged me there um, earlier today, and it was just like, my my solicitor would probably go in and argue it for you." Um, but I, I I don't know. I just I, I would much rather do it my myself to be to be very honest. Um, just just because I, I know what I I need to say and, and what I want yeah. to say. Um. And I don't want it to be watered down by um, yeah. solicitor and these legal uh-huh. jargon. And, you know, he, he might mm-hmm. argue to try to get me out the back door when I don't want to go out the back door. I want to see this thing through to its natural conclusion, which is either me getting punished or uh, me setting a precedent in the court and uh, through standing up for my, my human rights. Like, I, I don't change anything by getting the case dismissed. I don't change anything by getting it thrown out. Um, I'll change something by by standing up for what I believe in and just speaking for myself anyway. Um, to, to begin with, maybe a solicitor might witness it down on the day and he might come along and say, hey, say this, this is the way you say that. Maybe I might get some guidance, uh, who knows. Mm. For, for now, I'm going to do it myself. Probably do a better job, to be fair, mate. You know what you're talking oh, yeah. about, isn't it? You, you, you're completely prepared for what's going to be coming up, shit. Yeah, well, I, I'm prepared to go in and argue uh, on a number of grounds, as I said, uh, around the human rights, but I, I'll be pre- requesting that uh, my case be sent straight to the High Court. I, I won't actually be even... <laughs> yeah, I, I don't even want it to, to stay in that court uh, because I can't set a precedent in the District Court. I need to go to the Higher Court. Um, I, I don't believe I can set a precedent in the Circuit Court either. It has to be done at, a high, at the High Court uh, level. So I'm going to be requesting to go straight to the High Court and to, to be trialled by jury. Um, I'd like to be tried by my peers because it's their human rights as well. I don't believe a judge can be unbiased in their position because they've been punishing drug dealers for too long. I need it to be of the people. So 12 people indiscriminately chosen from the this, the voters of Ireland. And do they have uh, to give you that if you request that? I don't know. You see, that that's what I'm hoping. You know, I, I think like uh, that's the only way I'm, I think I'm going to be afforded a fair trial is if I can get to that point, because I don't think a judge is good. As you very well said, they're, they're not going to entertain what I want to say, mm-hmm. my, my arguments on the day. So therefore, my, my argument on the day will be, look, I'm requesting that this goes to the high court. And if he asks why, uh, if he asks, you know, what's the reason? fuck you, that's that? why. <laughs> and then, then uh, Yeah, well, yeah, I, I'll give him my reason. Uh, I, I'll give him my reason then if he requests it. But until he requests it, I'm just going to, request that I not stay in his court. I don't want him to accept that jurisdiction of my case um, because uh, I believe it be in the public interest that it be heard in the high court and uh, done tried by jury as well. So what would that mean? That would mean another few months waiting until this next court case is ready for you to go to? Yeah, very, very likely. Um, be very likely that it would take uh, uh, probably a year or so before I high court because there's probably a lot of stuff going on in the high court. I don't think they'd be it too take quick. Even a lot longer than that, I'd say. Yeah, possibly. Like, yeah. and you know, and what, what I don't mind about that is, I think the law is possibly going to be changed before that even happens. I reckon there's going to be a change, but in the next twelve to forty-eight months here in Ireland. Um, I really do. I'd like, yeah. despite what happened in the recent discussion that happened on our um. Uh, the the drugs the national drug strategy uh, here in Ireland where we got some dinosaur fucking uh, real uh, reefer madness uh, things being said um, I, I really do think that uh, we can achieve a change here and uh, see a change here in the next twelve months uh, around cannabis access anyway I think we might get some form of decriminalisation hmm. um, if we push hard enough and if uh, enough if we're stubborn enough I suppose 
Notice enough guys like you doing the things that you do, mate, then it shouldn't take too long. Yeah, exactly. And like I've been playing with the idea that on the 9th of February, when I go down there to Dungarvan, um, I, I really, because of this, the, the speed at which they were able to process my, my file, um, I think for that reason, I'll be doing more civil disobedience protests uh, in that town um, because I, I'll get to my court case sooner. So <laughs> if, if this one that I'm trying to get to the high court doesn't get to the high court, then maybe my next one will. And you know, if, if I keep going to Dungarvan, I'll keep getting to court sooner. Um, and feck it, I'll keep doing it as long as I'm afforded the freedom to do it anyway. Um, we've to, <laughs> it's just we have to fight for our freedom because the government ain't going to give it to us that, that, that easily, you know. Like you, you show me an example in the past where a government has just handed power back to the people freely, will, willingly, like without them being forced. It's it's not happened. <laughs> yeah. Scary shit, man. Put yourself in the firing line, but you know, it's going to be worth it in the long run. Have you got any people going down there with you on the 9th? Um, there's a couple of people that uh, have said that they're going to be down there. So there seems to be numbers that will be gathering down there. Um, so I, as I said, I'd be considering engaging in another civil disobedience protest down there and I'd be requesting maybe uh, more people come in with me and we see how many people we can get to go to court for one joint, like a single joint. Uh, let, I, I'm maybe bring down a bit of uh, twine or something like that with me and we, we tie the, the joint to the piece of twine and we go to the guard station and everybody holds the, the piece of string. You know, and where we all feel we all on this journey. <laughs> that's fucking brilliant that's, idea. Yeah, that's man. trying to like set, set a Guinness World Record. Maybe, maybe that's that's the angle. Make a fun Guinness World Record. Let's go into the Guinness Book of World Records and see how many people can we get done for the smallest quantity of cannabis ever in the history of the world. <laughs> oh, there's that one guy in Dubai who got uh, locked up for a couple of years for oh like, shit, yeah, the man, crumb on his shoe. Yeah, shit, that'll be hard to do actually. Mm. Damn you, Dubai. <laughs> big buildings and their tiny fucking cannabis charges <laughs> some crazy shit man they're suffering these bullshit laws for too long and it needs people like you to stand up against it and you know show them how fucking farcical it is because that's what you're doing you go and hand yourself in for possession of one cbd cannabis cigarette it's like god damn what the fuck I, I don't understand how people aren't like and i'm shocked I'm, I'm appalled actually that we in ireland have a politician here a lady uh representing Sinn Féin and uh, her husband got caught with cannabis. And I, I think maybe GB might have shared this on your news here, what one of it is. Um, yeah, 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 Vera Lynn. Not Vera Lynn. Violet. Violet Lynn. Violet, Violet Ann. Ann Wynn. We'll, we'll get there eventually. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah, so, yeah. yeah, yeah. <laughs> well, three, three, three names. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. Here's that Vera Lynn was that fucking... Singer, singer back, yeah, in from day, back in the day, wasn't it? Yeah. There'll be bluebirds over and shit, <laughs> yeah. you know? Oh, fucking hell. Then we have a question here from Leo again. He says, uh, who are you aiming your argument at, Martin? Who's your ideal audience to hear what you have to say? Um, the cannabis consumers, really, guys. I think we have to take responsibility mm. for the fact that cannabis is still illegal. Like, uh, I think, you know, when we've got pointing fingers, we have to always remember that there's three fingers pointing back at us and cannabis consumers, cannabis growers, uh, and even the, the, the non-consumers as well. But but really, it's it's the cannabis consumers because we're the people who've allowed this stigma to exist. You know, that there's professionals out there who wear suits uh, and they'll come back and they'll consume cannabis and they, they've never challenged the um, the the. That's that that um, stereotype around the cannabis consumers, you know, those people, you're very much responsible for the existence of the stigma. And you know, it's, it's, it's not the shamey at all. Well, it is actually it's the shamey to do something about it. Get out of the, the stoner closet. 
um, come out like uh, and even don't, don't be ashamed of being stoners. I know there's um, a community here in Ireland and uh, they, they're very stigmatic towards people who um, like identify as stoners. Like, you know, they're like, oh, no, they just start calling them crusties and stuff like that. All sorts of derogatory terms. Yeah. Like, no, like you, you can be a stoner without having to be a fucking hippie. Like, just like you're into cannabis, you're into some cannabis culture, then you're a stoner. But you can be into cannabis without being a stoner. And that's that's OK, too. Mm-hmm. Just Again, you can be people. you can be a stoner and just not dress like them or fucking be be what they expect you to be. Like I will class myself as a stoner, but yet I'm also a successful businessman. Yeah, no, I suppose for me, a stoner is a person who just really enjoys cannabis culture. And I suppose you don't even have to be a consumer of cannabis to be a stoner. I know a few no. people who I would say uh, I could yeah. identify him as a stoner and they wouldn't even consume cannabis, but they've got a stoner's personality. <laughs> But, but, but no, just, just to go back to what you were saying there, we'll go because I think uh, we, we kind of went off on a little tangent though. But as uh, we, we've a lawmaker whose husband was using cannabis illegally in Ireland, um, and she she sat idly by while he done it for how long, I don't know. Um, but he got caught six with years, re- I think it said, right? Six years, yeah. And it was the, the she he has um epilepsy, epilepsy, yeah, yeah. And she said that it's he and she she publicly came out before he was even arrested. And she had said that, like, in March beforehand, that in March of this year, last year, he would be seizure-free. Six years seizure-free? Or something like that? But this is the thing, man. As individuals, it's very hard for us to do something mm. because we're so easy to, you know, divided we stand. and uh, United, we, no, the other way around, and United we stand, divided we fall. But, Mackie, how can we have a lawmaker who can sit by and witness her husband be benefiting from breaking a law and not, do something about because it. Because when she comes out to say something about it, then all of her colleagues and the people she works with are going to be thinking that she's just chatting shit and she's just a degenerate druggie like every other, every other person who uses cannabis. But that's that's so messed up and what does yeah, that yeah, about democracy? Like, I mean, mm-hmm. It's just ineffective if that's the way people are going to behave. They're, they're going to fall to the stigma. They're responsible for, for perpetuating it. Mm-hmm. You have you have people that are in power in that that consume themselves. You have people who are arresting us for consuming, and they consume themselves. You know, people arresting us who are fucking growing shitloads of it, having it, mm-hmm. making a profit, and having a double life, man. Yeah, some yeah. fucked well, up shit going on it, out there. I mean, Luke Ming Flanagan, I suppose, is one of those people who, who he, he kind of turned his back on the consumption of cannabis and focused more on his career and. In politics, which look, I, I commended him at the time and said, look, it, it was a smart move in term in regards to his career. But at the same time, it, it was, you know, it's, it was just given into the stigma. Um, but he wouldn't be able to get to the position he's at now if he was a cannabis consumer. No, there's, and, there's too much stigma that comes along with it. And that's it. But what you wonder what he might have achieved if he kept at it at the time because he was making some some interesting. Uh, moves, but again, he he, he kind of went more to political career. There was a lot of other stuff going on in the community at the time that he got behind in terms of the bogs and and stuff like that. Um, but but again, you know, he, he kind of well, he, he said he stopped consuming it in Ireland, which which is what he said. <laughs> well, I was going to say that in in his defence, he, he yeah. was um he didn't just run on cannabis. Yeah, you know, cannabis was one of his one of his main things, but the bogs and things that that's it, it was all local government is what he was here, and all the all the the shit that was happening with his local constituency was mainly being caused over in Europe, and the only way that he could really truly try help 
his constituencies in that sense was to go to Europe. But that was it. That was for that. He, I, I'm not defending him on kind of giving up on the cannabis game. No. It has to but be done, man. I defend you have to play bit. these people at their own <laughs> game to some extent, yeah. and they won't accept somebody who who is a stoner into their circle. No, but I, I'm not saying I'm not attacking him for it. But I'm just saying, oh, like, I know, like, I know. Oh, what not. does that say to the community but, uh, outside of there? You know, it's just like you know, it, it perpetuates the stigma that's around it. It's it's almost to say like I can't do this if I am. And, and we we just you just said that there, you know. And I agree with you. He probably wouldn't have got to where he he wouldn't have got where he got to today because of that stigma that exists out there. Which again is another reason why we all need to just you know just do the responsible thing and just stop hiding and, and just come out together if we all that's it. It, if, if we, if, if we, we all did it together tomorrow, that's yeah. it mate different story we changed the law mm-hmm. uh, you, like they, they say you only need three percent of a population to, to run an effective rebellion and to tr- overthrow government we're not even trying to overthrow a government but we're just trying to change a law we, we don't need a three percent of our population even if we were to get fucking a tiny like a tiny percent of the population if we were to get a, a percent of our own po- cannabis consumer population that that's more than enough it's like on on a particular day, if everybody did what you did, Martin, and just got a joint, and everybody walked into their local police station and handed themselves in, they oh. they would have no fucking space to do anything. All of the cases will be just these people who have walked in with the one joint, man. And that's what we need to do. That's proper, you know, civil disobedience. Really disrupt the system that way. Show them how fucking stupid it is. Exactly, and just always just you know, remain polite, and uh, that's that's mm-hmm. where the, the civil of uh, the civil disobedience comes in, like polite mm-hmm. and respectful. Like, what what you're doing is is illegal, but it's not wrong. Like, so just just don't do anything else that might be wrong while doing that. Then you know, yeah, such yeah. As uh-huh. getting aggressive and, and all of that stuff. But but I, I've put the videos up there online for for people to see how to behave and conduct yourself when going in, and just just respect towards the guard. The guard is just there to do his job and uh, our hard job. And uh, for, yeah, they're, they're, and you go in if you do it the right way, you know, they, they'll do their job and, uh, you know, you'll engage in the civil disobedience. Like in, in Cork, it says a lot about my cases that I've not been brought to court yet. That that tells me that the, the prosecution service above there, they're, they're overworked at the moment. They're inundated with cases. If it's taken them a year to get my case through and they're able to get it through in two months down in Dungarvan, like, Okay, if you're up in the city and, and your grandmother gets fucking mugged or something like that, that it's going to take, you know, that long for the, the file to be processed, for this guy to be brought to justice who might have mugged your granny because, you know, they're, they're processing so many of these cannabis cases. Mm. It's it's, yeah, it's shit, isn't it, man? Because that's what it would do as well. It would put actual crimes further down the backlog. Stupid yeah, as well. Yeah. But, but that's that's what you have to make sure you highlight that when engaging in these acts of civil disobedience mm-hmm. that look hey this this is going to be a result of that and you know, this, this has been happening anyway quietly all along even in Ireland the, the court system is a joke as I say over the years mm-hmm. it's it's always taken on average about a year for the guards to get a, a summons to me that's why I was shocked that I got the, the summons off of the guys in Dungarvan in, in two months. Um, it's it's always taken more than a year for, for me to receive any summons over the years from, from the Gardaí. Um, so that for me says that the justice system, the Department of uh, the Public Prosecutions, um, they, they were always overworked over the years. Uh, and you know, just looking at the work of some of the guards, uh, a vast majority of the, the work done is involving drugs or, or you know, uh, drug use or something like that, you know. Crimes mm-hmm. associated with uh, they say drug drug use, but uh, quite often or not, you find it's actually crimes associated with prohibition. You know, mm-hmm. people are robbing yeah. because they, they're able to actually 
get into debt with, with drug dealers, whereas that wouldn't happen if it was in a, a controlled and regulated environment. So again, it's it should be prohibition-related crimes rather than drug-related crimes, as they, they put it. Indeed, man. Would you not take a step into politics yourself? I, I would be throwing my hat in the ring again if, if the fucking um, election comes around uh, anytime soon. Um, and if I haven't left the country by then, which I, I don't think I will with having three kids, sir, that's going to be difficult now. Mm-hmm. Um, so yeah. it looks like I'm stuck here fighting to change these fucking uh, archaic laws. Um, but yeah, no, it definitely will be. And I suppose when I go through my hat into the ring, then I will diversify what, what I will be fighting for, I suppose. Um, Martin's World will... Uh, maybe take a break at the, uh, in in a sense, um, or at least uh, um, the discussions there will get broader in the topics that I'll cover. Um, because mm-hmm. I'd like to get let people know then, you know, my other views in terms of uh, what I would do if I was yeah, yeah. to be uh, getting into the the government. And so you and can't stuff. be solely based on cannabis, can you? No, no, no but, but, to it. I I never ran as a, as a single uh, issue candidate. I, I start. Mm-hmm. I I will admit I started as a single issue candidate, but that's because I I was a single issue candidate because that was the issue that inspired me to run. That was the issue that I wanted mm-hmm. to change to better my community. But then what, what I was promising my community to do is I was building my portfolio around my community. So the portfolio I built, I built upon meeting people in the community, talking to them, seeing what was affecting them, you know, seeing what things, what issues they had, how they think they feel that the government is letting them down, you know, areas that could be improved upon um, to help them. And, and from that, you know, I, I built a, a half decent portfolio anyway. You know, I only got to knock it, maybe was it more, about 200 houses, um, I got to talk to maybe another kind of hundred or so people around the streets doing a bit of canvassing. Um, but from that, I still managed to get a, a, an interesting portfolio there. Um, met a few nurses and stuff. Uh, and that, that, that was another big one on, on my portfolio, uh, the, the, the nurses and workers' rights. Um, so if I, I would definitely be throwing my hat into politics again because there's uh, I've, I've got a lot of passion in me. <laughs> it's needed, man. So with this court case, man, have you got an event up on Facebook where people can get involved in so they can come down with you on the day? There is, yeah. There's an event page that was made by the Cannabis Activist Alliance over on Facebook. They, they organised the Facebook page, uh, our Facebook event, and um, they're, they're managing that now. So, yeah, just, as I said, there's a number of uh, activists behind that and uh, they're, they're doing some great work. Um, and they're going to be getting loads of other events going throughout the year as well across the island of Ireland. Um, events and protests, I suppose, more importantly. Um, but yeah, they're, they're helping out and they, they put that Facebook event page up there. There's, there's none associated. Uh, or maybe I might be a co-host, actually, the Martin's World one. Um, but the Cannabis Activist Alliance, that's who got that done anyway. Sweet. Yeah. So we want everybody, you know, and even you guys here in the UK, if you can get over to Ireland, then fucking go do it, man. Martin needs your support here. It would be epic. He's done so much for the cannabis community, especially in Ireland. And this is a chance for you to, you know, show your support for him. Is by being outside that courthouse on the fucking day, being shouting out, "We are not criminals, man." That's what we want to see. Yeah, and I think like even a more important thing, if, if people want to do something for me, is just, uh, um, just do your part uh, to get uh, to get this thing over the line, to get this prohibition ended. Because as, as we say, you know, there's there's power in numbers. I'm I'm only one person down there. Like on the day, I'm hoping that others will join me going into the guard station. But it's it's not that difficult to to do what I'm doing. Um, just I, I always say it like there's nothing special about me. There's I know people are saying, oh, you must have some big balls. Like, but but 
but but God, I, I definitely have probably below average size balls. So no, mate, don't fucking not underestimate <laughs> yourself, man. You <laughs> no, keep no, selling no, yourself too short. I know, I know, the shit you do myself, is just... next level, bro. It's n- nobody else is doing the shit like you do. Not- I just think we've been conditioned in society in a way in which the it seems like what I'm doing is extra special, but but it's not. If you sit down and think about it logically, it's just like, well, it's it's either right or it's wrong. If it's wrong, well, you, and you believe it's wrong, then you should stand up and do something. No, for, about for it. sure, man. But That's you, you regardless of whoever we believe we, it's right or wrong, we still stand the chance of losing our freedom, man. And so do you. Yeah, definitely. But that should never even come into it. It's just like if it's wrong, you should stand up for it regardless. See, we as we've complicated the, our morality around like, you know, our freedoms and around like our ability to fucking maintain paying your mortgage and, you know, all of this shit. Like, it's like, you know, our, our, our morality shouldn't be complicated by that, by that stuff. If something's wrong and you know it's wrong and you believe it's wrong and you should be standing up and and doing right by that wrong. Um, but because otherwise, you know, we just perpetuate the suffering that goes on in our society and so someone else has to come along and try, try to right that wrong then and down the road. And it could compound over the years and get even more difficult to fix, which it kind of has really. Like, So yeah, that, that's just kind of, yeah, I suppose what, what I said is like that there's nothing special about what I'm doing. Like yeah, everybody's capable of doing this. It's just you just have to look down inside and just say, look, if, I disagree, if, Martin. I disagree because I wouldn't be able to do what you were doing. Yeah, you have balls like Bengali tigers in my eyes. Yeah, I don't know how you can walk, mate. It must look like you've got polio or rickets or something. And that's uh, that's, uh, honestly, somebody get this man some training wheels. But he's a wheelbarrow. Exactly. (laughs) But no, that's straight up. Like I have I have so much respect in that sense for Martin. And I Mm -hmm. have such little respect for myself in that sense, because I I stand here and I preach the activism side and I try to do the very best that I can, but I couldn't put myself into the position that you put yourself in. But you you did. You did though. You, 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 I marched alongside of you. uh, Oh no, that's what I mean. Like I I would do. Oh no, I, I, do do all of that. I will do as much of the activism. Oh, that, that's I, all I, I could be asking for. Yeah, but I couldn't put myself into the situation of trying to make a statement like you were. Yeah, you know, yeah. and to be on the front that's line. That's what I mean. That's you know, that's that is the yeah. front man. That is the mm-hmm. fucking leading the charge. There's a, it's it's all well and good being in the front lo- in the front line of the chair, but to lead the charge. Yeah, that's that's a different fucking kettle of fish, my friend. Yeah. No, and 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 that I definitely agree with you. There, it is difficult to do it alone, and I suppose that I should have really went further to elaborate what I was saying. Is like at any of the events that it would be organised by the Cannabis Activist Alliance for for people to to, to make sure that they show up to those, and mm-hmm. you know, again, not, not to be afraid because there is power in numbers. And, there is. No, and as I say, you have shown up and I have marched alongside you. So, uh, and you can see the marches get bigger and bigger every year. What we need is yeah. more of the community and the community that aren't the ones who are coming out because it's always the same faces that we see at these things. We need new faces and we need more because the more mm. positive media and we don't get the positive media that we should get mm. in the public media, the more if we're able to shut down O'Connell Street or if we're able to shut down fucking Patrick Street in Cork or something like that on a march, that will hit big headlines and then when they actually come out it and won't speak though, mate have you seen all these fucking protests with hundreds of thousands of people all over the uk this week because of the back- vaccine mandates nothing is said on mainstream media oh, nothing and the fucking london was packed out you see glasgow was packed out for all these countries all these cities around the country it, all over the country like all the big cities 
crowds of people thousands and thousands of people saw little clips on fucking youtube here and there nothing on mainstream media nothing no they're talking yeah, about kim kardashian and fucking kanye west and his new chick it's like <laughs> what the fuck man it's like we don't want to know about that shit we want to know about all these people out on the street and that's about the covid shit so if it was about weed their narrative is completely controlled man yeah the new term for that is don't look up mm-hmm Oh, geez. Yeah, yeah. Why yeah, you yeah. say that, everybody? Remember, you've got until the first of February because then we're talking about that with like no, we're, no we're fucks given. We're giving you time. <laughs> Sorry, no, I won't spoil anything. But, yeah. but as 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 I was saying, what we did, we were starting to get the positive media because we had a really big, um, a really successful um, protest up in the Phoenix Park that time. Yeah. And that got good, good press in the cover in the in the media. And it if only got coverage been, from hot press, though. That that was the unfortunate thing. I thought it was covered in. Did the Sun not cover something as well? Possibly, yeah. I thought the Sun and something else. But you see, the thing is, if we had been able to have another march, quick pace, and bigger again quite sooner afterwards, and had something similar of the same size in Cork, similar of the same size in Galway similar of the same size in Kilkenny, you know, yeah. in, in all the major in cities in Waterford, even in the major towns mm-hmm. have big protests. We have to make ourselves be known. An awful lot of the protests, Martin, and you know that just be around the country, that's not in the, the major cities. They'd be quite small. There might be fucking 20 or 30 or 40 people there. I know it's small numbers and our voices do need to be heard and they are heard when, they're, when they are at these things, but they're not heard by the people that need to hear them. The yeah. voices aren't being, they aren't shouting loud enough, if you know what I mean. We need, Times we need change, more man. numbers. Uh, we will get there, I think, because there's there's a lot of good activists out there. And Martin, you're one of them, man. And we need to make oh, sure yeah. that you fucking stay safe. So everybody needs to get out there on, what was it? It's the, the 6th, did you say, Martin? The, 6th, the 9th, 9th of February. The 9th. Well, well if you can't make it anyway, there'll be a mm. bit of a live stream uh, on the day. And, and again, as I said, GPG, it's, it's it's not that important of a day really to, to be like, shown up. As I said, it'll be just to see, to see if the, the judge will uh, accept the jurisdiction of it, which I'm going to request that he sends it to the High Court. Um, well, would you would you would you say it would be better to come to the next one, Martin? Because I want but, to be there to support you with me, big placard. Yeah, no, you can definitely come down and support because I I do intend to do a bit of civil disobedience I suppose on the day and uh, we'll be probably going I'll be going down to the guard station as I say and I'll probably request others to take part or if they wish only if they wish not going to be forcing or shaming anybody who doesn't want to um, and I know your own situation and uh, I, again like uh, I, I don't blame you for, for not doing that if I had again a situation like yours uh, something to lose um, then, then it would be different but again I, I was never able to get in a position where I had something to lose because I, I was always fucking struck down by this stupid law mm-hmm. um, as well as other difficulties in life but this definitely made it uh... see, did I, I, don't, I don't mean that Mark. you have everything to lose because you have the liberties of being taken away from your family yeah, you t- as a possibility that is the most important mm-hmm. liberty that anybody has yeah I, I suppose I'm just thinking in terms of my position in s- society economically like for financially i'm fucking at the bottom of the ladder and uh you know you can't get any lower than that um and yeah definitely you can lose your freedom from your family like but but like you're, you're at the bottom of the barrel like, you don't feel like you can get any lower and i've, I've been into the prison and i've, I've kind of seen their worst now and it's just 
Welcome, like, it's not that bad. It's that was, You're like, is that all you've got? Night. Well, fuck you then. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> to be fair, the food was nice. The books, they, they had a good selection of books there. Um, and, yeah. <laughs> See, man, uh, just a know. quick shout out there, because Chilbert did mention, aren't we watching it in Film Club? And what day is that going to be, GB? Was it Wednesday next week, was it? We were doing it next Wednesday. What date is that? Is it the third or and, something uh, like that? Oh, hang on, wait, I have it in my diary. Give me a second. Yeah, a week from today, on Wednesday next week, we're yes, going to have we a special green room session. That's right, but we got Martin instead. Yeah. Oh, sorry, sorry. And there I was almost bringing spoilers. And... You know what I'm saying? <laughs> shock, Martin, shock. <laughs> Rubbing salt into the wounds. Uh, we're going to watch yeah, that no, next week. Next Tuesday. Yeah, Martin, welcome to joining Next Wednesday, right? Wednesday. Next right? Wednesday, yeah. What yeah. did I say? Yeah, next week. That's right. It's for Patreons or YouTube members only, though. It's not just for everybody. Because it's going to be in the Zoom room. But you're, of course, a lad's come, Martin. You're like an honourable, honourable panel member. It's different yes, for you. Is. So, so you know, anybody who... You'll be in the Patreon section. You already know where the green room link is. And we'll be watching that from 9 o'clock on Wednesday next week. And then we're going to talk about it and shit as well. And it's fucking... It's a good movie. Well made, man. It's very artistic, I think. It's got a good yeah, meaning behind it. it. I haven't seen it yet. It's good shit. It's got a meaning and it's funny too. Mm. You know, but, always yeah. good to have a funny movie there, you know? It's five pounds to get in, Martin. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, man, we should let you go, Martin, to let you go do your thing. I know you got things to do. Yeah, no, but yeah, I better get a uh, shut down the studio and let everybody settle down in the in the rest of the building. <laughs> it's been a pleasure. And um, we'll speak to you. We'll see you on stream and shit before the, the big day. But, you know, yeah, yeah, definitely keep in touch and uh, I'll be happy to come back on and uh, update people as we get closer and what have you. Yeah, sweet, man. Sweet. But best of luck, mate. Yeah. Best of luck. Stay strong. The very best of I mean, everyone. Exactly. Do your Thanks thing, man. You're smashing it's it. An absolute pleasure to be on with you and uh, enjoy the rest of your evening. Indeed. I'm going to let everybody else out there. I'm, I'm waving, but I've no camera on, so. <laughs> I understand. <laughs> <I'm stoners. laughs> So there you go, everybody. That was the interview. You might have heard near the end there that we're going to have a watch party where we watch the film Don't Look Up. That is tonight. Uh, and if you're a Patreon on Purses and you, you have the address for the green room, then we're going to be watching it in the green room later on today. I think it's around nine o'clock. So be there and come and watch the movie with us. It's, uh, it's a good movie. And if you haven't seen it already, you're definitely going to enjoy it. But in the meantime, don't forget to like and subscribe to our YouTube channel at youtube.com slash highandhomegrown. Go and find Martin's YouTube channel. Uh, you just have to search for Martin's World on YouTube and you'll find him. He's been on the show many times. There's many other episodes that you can listen to that Martin's been involved in. So just go and check out our previous episodes too. And if you haven't heard them, download them and give them a shot. I hope you enjoy them. But for now, that's it for this week's interview. We have many cool interviews coming up next next week and in the future. We've already got plenty recorded, which we know you're going to enjoy. But on Friday, we're going to be doing the Grow Guides, which is all about where to buy cannabis seeds and cuttings. So we'll see you on Friday for that episode. But in the meantime, stay high, stay safe. And if you can, leave a review for the podcast on whichever podcast network you listen to the show on. That would be massively appreciated. But for now, that's it. So we'll catch you on Friday for the Grow Guides. Have a good week. Goodbye.